One, a two, a one. It's time for the Better Horses Radio Show with Ernie Rodina. Saddle up and ride as we explore the Western way of life. Horses and cows, family and friends, a relationship with the land, and a relationship with God. It's all here on Better Horses Radio. Now let's hit the trail with Ernie and his co-host, Don Dawson. Whoa, 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 wait, don't touch that dog, folks. It is time to get around and talk horses. Hey, everybody, I'm Ernie Rodina. I'm Don Dawson, and we have got a fun show today, don't we, Ernie? We sure do. Always look forward to getting on here. Just a great show. We've got some. I don't know if we've ever had the one guest on before, but we got some. We got some real deals as far as on the show today. We sure do. We are looking forward to it. We've got uh, missing Ron again this week. He will be back next week. He promises. Uh, he's out having a great time. He deserves this time off, and uh, we're looking forward to having Ron back. But you know what, Ernie? We've got to get this show started off just right with our inspiration. That's right. We got Pastor Steve Stafford leading us in that. Steve, are you with us? I'm right here, and it's always good to be with you kids. Well, it's just as fun to be with you. We enjoy it every week, and I know our listeners do too, Steve. So do your thing and get the show started right. Let's go. Hey, folks, it's always good to be with you too. You know what? Back in 1988, three whales became trapped under a sheet of ice near the city of Point Barrow, Alaska. In an attempt to save the whales, rescuers dug a series of breathing holes in the ice leading back to the ocean. Now, two of the three whales were rescued and survived because they were able to get the oxygen they needed and were guided in the correct direction. Is it not the same with church on Sunday mornings, small group Bible studies during the week, personal daily Bible study? Just like those whales, when we get turned around, we get lost. Don't we need someone to share with us just so that we can breathe. And can't we be that someone for somebody else? Helping them to breathe, helping them to find their way back to the source, which is Christ Jesus. For it is he and only he that can save us from death, giving eternal life. It is he and only he that can save us from the enemy. And on some days, the enemy is ourselves. Jesus said this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Hey, folks, there's only one way to God, and that, my friends, is through Christ. Hey, this is Steve Stafford. I am the pastor at Risen Ranch Cowboy Church and a very proud member of the Better Horses family. Great message, Steve. It's just a really good one, and I want to put a shout-out to uh, prayers going out to Faye and Elaine Russett, who uh, they got some health conditions right now. Uh, we're talking about uh, Faye out there, so keep them in your prayers. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Steve, I know you are swamped with the Bible <laughs> week with your Bible study with your um, kids camp. Yep, I'm sure you have 200 a- people, 200 people coming in and spend the rest of the week, and, and yeah, we keep them 24 hours a day for five days. So it's 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 going to be a wonderful. great week and a great camp. Oh, it's gonna, yeah, it, it's great. Where do you put everybody overnight for the whole week? We get very creative. You know how we cowboys are? I told a guy, I said, you just haven't tried to cram 20 cows into a trailer that holds 15. I said, we're used to that kind of stuff. We know how to cram people in places. Well, I'll tell All you right. It's a true great, camp. Great, great ministry to our Risen Ranch Cowboy Church out there. At the, uh, uh, just They do a super job. Boy, that's the truth. Hey, thank you, Pastor Steve. And we'll thank let you, you get back to all those kids. 
All right. Hey. Thanks for calling. We'll talk to you later. All righty. Have a good one. <laughs> the other Bye. one we want to keep in our prayers is uh, George Teagarden. And yeah. we give him our prayers. And uh, he suffered some health conditions. Just a great friend of the horse, great friend of the uh, of the horse community and livestock community, George T. Yeah. Gardner. I'm pretty sure that everybody who's involved in horses or cattle or the equine industry or, or the just the animal husbandry industry knows who George is. And so we want to send our biggest prayers out to him and his family for getting That's through right. this. So. Hey, Ernie, we've got a great show lined out today. As you mentioned, we have a special guest coming on today, Nicholas Diaz. Now, he mm-hmm. kind of joined us with his father, uh, Jerry Diaz, a few weeks ago. But we, we're bringing Nicholas in uh, all on his own. We, we're going to be talking about some of his championships and things that he's accomplished, as well as the Volunt Story event, which we'll hit on more during that segment. That's and then we've be- also got Mike Tubble, a good friend of ours who we always love talking to, don't we, Ernie? He's just a great individual, great horseman, and has a lot to bring to the uh, to the party as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I just love listening to him because I learn something every time he speaks. And so I know our listeners can do the same, so we'll get that. But in the meantime, before we get started with all that, we've got our Kansas State University Veterinary Health Tip of the Week. And Ernie, we've got Dr. Katie Dell. Oh, just a great lady. They they are so they are loaded with so many resources. Kansas State University, the vet the vet uh, hospital up there, and uh, so glad to have them on uh, going into uh, this next year. Yep, and she's going to be visiting about equine herpes. So let's go listen to that. Sounds good. Let's go. Hey, everybody, we are here at the Kansas State University Veterinary Health Center talking to Dr. Katie Delf-Miller. She is the Clinical Associate Professor of Equine Internal Medicine up there, and she's got a great tip for us today, don't you, Dr. Katie? I do. I wanted to discuss today um, equine herpes virus. And when we think of equine herpes virus, we think of equine herpes virus one, and that can cause respiratory disease, but also potentially neurologic disease or abortions in broodmares. And of course, it strikes fear in our heart when we hear that there's an outbreak of neurologic herpes. Um, And that's because it's highly contagious. um, And if we have horses that develop neurologic disease with herpes virus, they get very ataxic or uncoordinated, especially in their hind end. Um, Sometimes they can actually go down where um, they often may be uh, dog sitting, so sitting like a dog and can't necessarily get up or completely recumbent, so laying down and they can't get up. Other things that can happen with the neurologic form of the disease is that they may not be able to urinate or defecate appropriately, and so we may have to manage those clinical signs. Um, so again, it strikes fear in our hearts as veterinarians when we um, when we hear that there's a horse with neurologic herpes as well as horse owners, especially if you've been at a show maybe where you know you hear that somebody's horse has come down with this form of disease. Um, So it's important to just kind of know the facts of, you know, we do want to make sure that our horses are up to date on vaccines, including herpes virus vaccine. It unfortunately, though, does not protect against the neurologic form of the disease, while it does protect against respiratory disease. Um, So if you do have an instance where um, there has been a, a herpes case in your vicinity, or at a show that you've been at, you'll 
typically be contacted by the veterinarian at the show, as well as the state veterinarian of the location where the show is at. Um, typically, there'll be a quarantine period that is dictated by the state veterinarian as well. And so you may be able to go home but there's typically a quarantine period once you go home for all horses on that property, um, just because there'll be some potential exposure between horses. Other things to keep in mind is to contact your veterinarian if this would occur, um, where you have a horse that's potentially exposed and discussed if there's any options for helping to prevent the disease in your horse that does not have clinical signs but may have been exposed. And then certainly um, during a quarantine period, we monitor for clinical signs. Um, and that would include, of course, neurologic signs like discussed, but also fever. And so we'd like to check their temperature once to twice a day and determine, do they start to have a fever? And um, if so, then that would be potentially a first clinical sign and monitoring that horse closely and potentially instituting therapy at that point. Um, if a horse does develop neurologic signs with herpes virus, um, the prognosis is not good if they do go down um, where they can't get up, um, as with most neurologic diseases in horses. But the prognosis for recovery over time is fairly good um, if they do stay, remain standing and are able to remain standing. Um, so hopefully this has cleared up some, um, some confusion with herpes virus and what to expect, especially when you say, my horse is vaccinated for herpes virus um, and, um, and think that they're protected against the neurologic form. But unfortunately, we don't have a definitive way to constantly protect from that neurologic form. Thank you for that great tip, Dr. Delph, and we will have you back again. We appreciate it. Great. Thank you. They always have such good segments, and I want to remind everybody, go to equinediseasecc.org for additional information on what the status of everything is around your area. You can find it there on that website. So Appreciate all what they bring to us. No kidding. That's the truth. Well, you suppose we ought to take a break, Ernie? Sounds good to me. Take a break. We got a big show lined out and we want to cover cover as much as we can with everybody. So let's take That's a break. Right. Yep. We'll be right back. This is your chance to experience a 13-day horse show beginning June 14th to June 24th. 2023 marks 58 years of the Pinto World Championship. With $1 million in cash and prizes, there are no qualifications required to enter. Held in Tulsa, Oklahoma, located at the Ford Livestock Complex, the Pinto World Championship caters to all types of equines. With 700 classes, the Pinto Show welcomes a variety of breeds to compete. It's a family environment and healthy competition. For more information, check out the website PintoWorld.com. Runny Nose cough, fever. It's flu season for humans and horses. Like human flu vaccines, equine flu vaccines must be updated to protect against the flu strains circulating now. Merck Animal Health's flu-containing vaccines include the most current flu strains, protecting your horse from illness and time mistraining because of it. Talk with your veterinarian about Prestige flu vaccines and learn more about the science of advanced protection at prestigevaccines.com. We're here for the hardworking, the resilient. We're for the people who measure their days by what needs to get done, not by hours. Where kids learn responsibility at a young age and generations work side by side. Where work doesn't pause for holidays or bad weather, it just gets harder. Where value and hard work means more than the clothes you wear. We're Kleinschmidt's Western Store, Higginsville, Missouri. 
Routine dental examination and treatments are essential for high quality horse care. To prevent potential problems, a horse's mouth should be examined at least once a year. I'm Dr. Chris Blevins, equine field service veterinarian at Kansas State University Veterinary Health Center. We can examine the mouth and provide a treatment plan to meet the needs of each client and their horse. Visit us at ksvhc.org, the Veterinary Health Center, to discover, to teach, to heal. Hey, we are back with Better Horses Radio. I'm Don Dawson. And I'm Ernie Rodina. And we are back with another great segment of the Better Horses Radio Show. And our next guest is Nicholas Diaz. And he is brought to us by Merck Animal Health. Go to their website, MerckAnimalHealth.com. Check out the website. Read about their wormers, their vaccines. They have a lot of products out there for your horse. So go to MerckAnimalHealth.com. Hey, Ernie, you want to introduce this next guest? Yeah, what an honor. I, I'm trying to think when, the, when I first had him on here. I think it was like... Uh, four or five years old when we had him on there. This guy is a real honor to introduce him. Folks, we got an event coming up. We're talking about uh, uh, July the 9th, if I'm correct. Uh, uh, going to be at the Ballin Store in Ballin, Kansas. And it's going to be a great event. If it's anything like it was two years ago, Don, it's just going to be just an unbelievable event. Yeah, July 8th, actually, and we have Nicholas on. But before we get to the Vaughn store, I want to visit with Nicholas just a little bit about Nicholas Diaz. Are you with us, Nicholas? I am, and uh, thank you guys for having me uh, with you. Um, It's a great honor. I know that uh, both my parents have been a part of y'all's production uh, many times over. And so now it's an honor that uh, I get to be a part of it as well. Well, Nicholas, a lot of our listeners uh, know your mom and dad, uh, the Jerry Diaz show, but you in your own right are doing a ton of things that are outside of the Jerry Diaz family shows. You know, you're doing some different competitions and and I you know, I don't imagine that our, our listeners can even fathom what it's been like for you to grow up in the equine show world like you have give give us a little insight of what it's been like you know with the horses anyone that's involved with animals and that wants to be successful you really have to love it and enjoy it and it is truly my number one passion in life is working with the animals the horses Um, performing is my second favorite passion training the animals and and getting to be together as a family and keep a tradition alive Um, It's a number one, it's a great responsibility, but it's a great honor as well. Um, We work, all of us work very hard every day and try to do the best that we can and continue to bring new things, exciting things into the equine industry. Uh, My parents have both had huge, successful equine careers. They've performed everywhere, done done amazing things, amazing events. Uh, Some stuff I hope I can if I get to do 50% of what they've done, I've done a lot. Um, so it's been a, a nice journey so far and I have a big future ahead of me. And I like to take what my parents have done and maybe grow it and expand it even further and take it to the next generation of people. Um, I've started my own breeding program. Um, I've started competing. Most, neither one of my parents ever did competition before. Um, So I started there in the competition about three years ago, 
I've had a great, uh, great success so far. I've had a wonderful uh, client that has uh, let me train and work with her horse, uh, Diego. Um, he's an Andalusian stallion, and I just got through working him uh, not, not that long ago. Um, and he's a fabulous horse. And this year, I'll be uh, expanding and bringing in more horses to the show ring, um, some of our own personal horses and some other horses that I've trained for several years. So I'm excited to to uh, get more into this other side of the equine world that is more common to other equestrians, but is a little bit foreign to us. It, it has to be. It has to be somewhat foreign because uh, it's it's a whole other world from performing and doing. A, I mean, not that it's not performing because you still perform even when you're showing in oh, the competition, yeah. but being judged for confirmation, uh, discipline, uh, horsemanship. It's, it's a whole nother world. It is, it is. And, uh, it's exciting. I like, I like challenges. I like, uh, having a deadline for the horses and knowing that, um, at this point, you know, we need to be this at this point in our training, um, no matter whatever that maneuver is, you know, trying to reach a goal, I like to set goals for myself and for the animals. And sometimes uh, because every animal is different, those goals don't get reached. And we we start over and we do something else and we, you know, push our timeline and and we really make sure that the horse is comfortable and what he's doing and we're comfortable with the horse. It's all about building a nice partnership and uh, keeping keeping a relationship going and if there's not a relationship between the rider or handler with a horse, you're not going to be successful in anything that you do. So I really work hard uh, to to make that happen. I spend extra hours, extra time. Any horse that needs more time, we work on something more. So it's just it's very special to see horses progress um, from nothing to something spectacular over the course of several years. So Nicholas, with all the different breeds of horses that you ride, and I know you know you do ride a lot of um, <laughs> horses and different styles and different breeds. What yes. is your favorite, or your, do you lean towards the Andalusians at all? I I really strongly lean towards the Andalusian for several reasons. They are just a beauty, and everything. Every time I go out and see them, um, I can find something more beautiful about them each day. I really love the way they move. I love their body structure. Um, the, I love the more Baroque style of Andalusians. Um, there's several different uh, body uh, styles, just like there is in quarter horses. Um, I really like the Baroque style, um, the big necks, really beautiful arch, the strong backs, a shorter back, not such a long back, you know, the, the long legs, and they just, they just look so elegant and beautiful. And it really drew me to them. And now, as I think as of I, I have gotten older, um, I've influenced my parents more to have more Andalusians. And now I believe 90% of the horses that we have and own are pure Spanish Andalusian horses. Um, we have mares and babies, and we raise them and we either keep some for our own training purposes, or we will sell them to uh, qualified homes. And we really strive to breed quality over quantity. And we do the same thing with our training. We want quality training over quantity training. So we will have fewer horses in training uh, than more because you really, it's not fair to be saying I can ride eight to 10 horses a day and you're really not giving 
every horse the right opportunity that they should have when you're only working them for 20 minutes and then you're just passing them off and going on to the next one. So we really, from start to finish, we clean our own stalls. We clean our own water buckets. We feed our own horses. We saddle, we unsaddle. Um, from the ground up, we do everything. And I think it really expresses to the horses that we care and we have a feeling for them. Um, so that's very special that that we're really hands-on. I wouldn't want it any other way, even though it might be easier to say, hey, you do all the work for me and I'll just show up and ride. Um, we really like to have that hands-on experience. Yeah. Well, you do, you've do. you done some really cool things. In just recent days, the, the Ferrari event, that was pretty cool. That was, that was really fun. Um, it was a last minute deal. They needed a black stallion to come on the racetrack and, uh, carry the American flag and then do a three minute performance. And it's a little bit challenging because when you're trying to do gallop pirouettes and Piaf and Passage and Spanish walk on a slick racetrack, you know, you have to be a little bit, uh, a little bit cautious, but thank God our horses have been put through situations like that before. And he worked beautifully. He did wonderful. I couldn't be more proud. He's still a very young stallion, still has about 10 years left on the show ring with us, but he did phenomenal. And uh, you just, when your horses do wonderful, you just can't help but be proud. Yeah. We've got this huge event coming up that we do want to hit on a little bit. July 8th at the Volen store in Volen, Kansas, which everybody, yeah. you guys, it's a smack dab in the middle of Kansas, not, not too far from Topeka, not too far from Kansas City. Uh, Manhattan, Junction City, uh, Emporia, you guys, if you're traveling in and want to make this event, it's easy to find a, a location to stay at. But Nicholas, tell us all that's happening in that short evening. It's going to fly by for people coming in and to it, watch it. it There's so much happening. It's so worth the drive. Um, anytime we go through Kansas and the Flint Hills, it is just magnificent. You, we have to stop. We have to spend the night. We have to wake up and see the sunrise. Um, over the grassy hills in the morning. It is just gorgeous. And to have the opportunity to perform out there with our horses, um, it's it's just like a dream, really. Um, the Volen store is where we're going to be performing. It's just, it's such a interesting place. There's everywhere you look, there's history. They have buildings that have been rebuilt uh, for artwork in, in museums. And at this event, they're going to have live music, we're going to be doing a equestrian horse show as the Diaz family. And we're going to be bringing several different uh, styles. We're going to have our Spanish culture. We're going to have our charro traditions. I will be presenting Portuguese style riding, like if you would see in the bullfighting ring. So we're going to bring a variety of artistry to the Flint Hills. And the Ballin store is all about art and passion and history. And we are going to try and bring that uh, with our horses. Yeah, and it, after the, the, the doors open at 5.30, everybody, and at 7 p.m. is the Diaz family event. And then at 8.15, the Flamenco concert by Ensemble Iberica featuring Melinda Hedgecourt. And you guys, uh, they just performed at Carnegie Hall like last weekend. Wow. That's how great they are. So wow. it's going to be absolutely amazing. You can get your tickets at the website, thevolinstore.com. There's several links to how to go about getting tickets. Uh, there is a special for Wabunsee County residences if, if you live in the area. So go check that out. But in the meantime, Nicholas, we appreciate you coming on. And it's just a thrill for me to get to visit with you and Ernie about 
your your role in all of this and to see you as a little boy to come up to what you're doing it's just amazing we're we're so uh, we admire you so much oh well thank you i appreciate it and uh thank you for having me on the show it has been great and uh i so look forward to seeing everyone in kansas uh, july 8th absolutely well we probably better take a break and after the break we'll be back with mike temple back with Better Horses Radio. I'm Don Dawson. And I'm Ernie Rodina. So glad you joined us today. We got a real treat. He's no stranger to Better Horses. It's a real treat for you today. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, Don. It is. And we have Mike Kevel with us. He is brought to us by Kleinschmidt's Western Store over in Higginsville, Missouri. You guys, you can't miss it. It's right there on the north side of Interstate 70 on the highway in Higginsville. Huge store. Make sure you take the time to stop by or visit them online at kleinboot.com. That's K-L-E-I-N boot.com. Really good. Hey, Don, I'll tell you what, I'm really excited to have this next guy on. We've had him on several times, and he's kind of like a horseman's horseman, I call him, and, and just a great trainer. He's won a lot of awards throughout the uh, throughout his years with uh, doing these cult starting deals. And he's got an interesting topic today he's going to cover. And uh, so good to have him on. We're talking about Mike Kevel from up near Scottsdale, Arizona. You with us, Mike? Yes, ma'am. Hey, we are so glad to have you. And uh, we have got to tell you, you don't even know this, but we played your swirls recording last week in preparation for getting you on this week. And I just love that recording. (laughs) Yeah, it's a favorite topic of mine and it's an ongoing research thing I do with every horse I get I look at their swirls take in the information and then after I get to know the horse I kind of calculate it and see if it makes any sense does it make sense uh, I, I'm gonna say most of the time um, but as I've said before the the swirls in the forehead or on the neck of a horse is just one indicator. And you may say it's in the right place and he ought to be a good horse and maybe you're having a hard time getting along with him or maybe it's the opposite. It's in a bad place and you think, oh no, he's not going to be good. But it's only one indicator. There's lots of indicators all over the horse. And that's what you need to take in is the whole horse. Just like, uh, well, me, I may have some faults but I'd like you to judge me on my whole body of work, not just on one small mistake I make. Right. Well, we all hope for that in life, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mike, you know, we do, we do have a great topic today and you, you know, you kind of asked me what we wanted to talk about and timing was uh, on my mind with riding horses. And then you said, well, that won't take long. And so we'd talk about getting your horse in the right frame of mind, but um, maybe all of that together and just what it takes to be successful in, in training whatever you're working on that day. Yeah. Um, timing usually goes hand in hand with feel. And usually people talk about timing and feel. And the reason is, is if you can't feel what's going on, it's hard to work on your timing because the horse may be telling you he's trying to give in. But if you don't feel it, your timing can never get better. Um, You might feel it and be slow and reacting, but then you can go, well, I got to work on that. But you got to feel it. So feeling uh, 
what's going on sometimes is just a matter of lowering your standards. You may be used to a horse making a, a bigger movement or you're wanting him to do something more instead of just kind of start to do it. And when a horse is first learning, you want to encourage any movement that way uh, just to get them started. And it's a whole lot like the game that you'd play as a kid about, you know, uh, you, you, I spy something and you go, okay, well, is it this or that? And as the person goes around the room, you say, oh, you're getting warmer. And then as they get closer, you say, oh, you're getting hot. And till they narrow down to write what it is. And that's kind of what we have to do with the horses is we have to just give them an idea of the direction. And so sometimes we encourage them. Uh, and when I say encourage, you, you kind of give them a reward um, just for heading in the right direction. It isn't as much as you want. But man, when, when you're getting nothing, you, you're really thankful to get just that little bit in that direction. So um, a lot of times you, you have to lower your, your standards of what you're looking for. When you see something slight, you have to go, okay, that's a start. Uh, a good example of that is uh, if I've got a horse loose in a, a pen and I'm trying to catch it. And he's just giving me the cold shoulder and looking away. And I keep making motions and walking back and forth, trying to get him to look at me. Well, there's some horses that they're pretty scared. And what I do is I look at their eye. And their eye, it's, it's kind of hard to see. But just like you can look at a person's eye and they look left or right, you can see that. Their head doesn't move, but you can see that eye move. And I'll look at that horse, and if I see that eye just flicker at me for a second, I take the pressure off him. And that may be just enough to get me started in getting him to look at me. And it's a little bit of reverse psychology. He wants you to go away, but he finds out to get you to go away, he looks at you or takes a step towards you, then you take the pressure off. But the point there is, is that, you have to lower your standard and get almost anything. Some people will say, well, you can see that ear, that ear will cock over there. That's not the most reliable thing to look at because there's other things going on and he could cock his ear to look at something over your shoulder or he hears a noise or something like that. So his ears are gonna be flickering around and uh, his eye is, is pretty good on what he, if he's looking away, he's wanting to leave. And if he's looking towards you, he's paying attention to what you're doing. So if I can get that eye to look at me and then I take a little pressure off him, then uh, I can start him to looking at me and eventually taking a step towards me where I can put the halter on the head instead of his other end. So um, that's a good example of lowering your standards. <clears throat> the feel of when to give in and is, is so hard because it's something you actually have to do. You can read about it all day and we'll give you some good examples here, but um, you have to go out and experience it and fail and then realize you failed and go, okay, let me try again. And you keep trying and keep trying and then you'll get it and then you go, okay, now I want to get better. 
And that to me is, I guess, equal to some kids playing video games. Um, they get so excited and they don't want to quit playing their video games. I get doing that with horses where I really get excited about when I start seeing them give me that movement or that look, you know, you're going, Oh, I got you. You don't know it yet, but I got you. The uh, timing of doing all that is what makes it all work. And so the timing of when that horse looks at me, if I take a step back then, instead of when he looks away, but that I can be really quick. And so can him just looking at you and turning his head just a little bit. So you may fail a couple times because you didn't quite get it when he looked at you because that eye was so quick and flickering around. But just keep working at it, and eventually he'll see you moving forward and back, and he'll look at you a little longer to see what's going on, and that'll give you more time. But you have to – this is the importance, why it's important uh, for the timing. The timing tells that horse – Whatever just happened is what he is going to now take his next reaction off of, whether he ta takes a step away from you or to you, whether he softens to that rein or he pushes on it. So you want to reward him right at that instant when they start softening. It means so much to that horse. It completely, they understand it when it happens at that moment. Like, um, if I, if I asked you what two and two is and you don't know the answer, so I go, well, just try. What's two and two? So you go, well, one, two, three, four, five, and I go, yes. Well, now you may think the answer is five because I was a little slow in answering. I answered, and I answered after you said the correct thing, but I was late. So now, if you do that with a horse, he may think, well, when I looked back away, that was what he was trying to get. Or I softened, but I didn't get the relief right away. So then I pushed, and then I felt the release. So he may think pushing is what I need to do. So not having your timing right is, is just confusing the horse. When you give cues to a horse, it's like... The three C's, you, you want clear, concise, and consistent cues because uh, you don't want, like if you're moving your hands around in the reins all the time, and then all of a sudden you move that you want to turn, you may have just dulled him up with all the moving your hands around. And now when you move to turn, he doesn't know the difference. So it's got to be clear. And then... It's got to be concise where it's something very definite. It's not um, when you're doing something, it can't be like any other cue. It needs to be specific for, for what you're doing there. And then consistency is what makes it happen. Otherwise, if uh, you guessed four, the correct answer for what two plus two, and sometimes I told you yes, but every once in a while I tell you no, that's going to confuse you. So that's the same thing that'll happen to a horse is they're going, well, I think this is the right thing. But if you don't get that answer consistently, they will get confused. And in the beginning, it's real important. After they've learned it a little bit, they'll realize you can make a mistake too. And 
no, he got that wrong. And then he'll give you the answer again. And you go, oh, yes. And they goes, yeah, I thought that was it. You know, <laughs> they learned it and it's over learning. They've learned it so well. You've done such a good job of teaching it that they will go, no, that's what I'm supposed to do. And they will overcome cues that aren't as specific or consistent as they should be, which is what we do to make horses for either non-pro riders or uh, for children. Some of those horses, these kids can hang on their mouth and hang off the side of the horse and do all kinds of things. And that horse is just going, no, that's nothing. That's nothing. And then when those little legs kind of thump up back and forth, they go, yep, I got to go. And so they, they learn and overlearn and they learn to ignore other stuff, regardless of what you think it might mean. <clears throat> but the timing of when to do that is what gives that horse that clear understanding of that's what it is. And when you're consistent, it gives him confidence that he's right. I think that's what it is. And he just gave me the reward. Yeah, I knew that. Nothing is better than a horse with confidence. And I will sometimes back up in my training and do some simple drills that I know my horse knows because I'm trying to get him confident that day. I want him to be in a, a good positive attitude. He knows the answers and nothing, nothing's better than if you could always answer a question. You feel like you could conquer the world, but then if you're only answering questions to two-year-olds, you can come up with an answer. If you're talking to college professors, you may not have as many answers and you'll feel real stupid, you know. But what you do to the horse is set him up to, give, to get that yes answer, something you know he can do. And, but that also helps work on your timing and the feel and just gets him in the... Uh, right frame of mind for learning that day. But the timing of everything is what makes everything work. Because when your timing starts messing up, especially in the early part of the learning, the horse will get confused. And then if you start forcing it, confusion can lead to fear. And then when you start seeing the horse overreact, instead of just saying no or kind of tossing his head a little bit, now he's really throwing his head up or maybe rearing or he's really having a problem because you're insisting and he's so confused he doesn't know what to do. So uh, I work on my timing every day, still, every day. Um, I just don't think you can uh, work on your skills enough. Um, so I do different drills that I'm – practiced a lot. So I'm pretty good at them. And my horse understands them because I've been doing them. So we both get off on the right foot that day. But you can never stop working on that timing. And nothing's better for me uh, to, is to have a challenge and that new horse you first get, and he doesn't know how to do anything. And so you have to start teaching him those little things. But your job is to start telling him yes instead of telling them no. If you just go, no, don't do that. No, not like that. No, you got to go faster. No, you need to stop now. Boy, they, they just got where they have no confidence and 
they don't want to try. But if you can ask them to do something simple and then say, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Now let's try that again. Or now let's try something else and give them something else simple. And you build on those simple things until you've got their confidence up. So then when you challenge them on something they don't know yet, they've got confidence. And now all you need to do is help them. Uh, you're still holding their hand, trying to point them in the right direction. But it, it gives them confidence to figure the problem out that they haven't done yet. And that's helping the horse get in the right frame of mind. Well, as usual, Mike, you said timing would not take you very long. But everything you mentioned there is so important in timing. And we didn't even begin to, I have 10, I had 10 questions about timing we didn't get to. So uh, timing is so important. And uh, like you said, though, the feel of it, uh, there's a lot, there is, it's not easy. Uh, a lot of people mess up a lot of horses because of their timing, but um, it's something we just got to keep working at. Yeah. And, and don't ever get discouraged. Anybody don't ever get discouraged because the challenge is kind of what's fun. If it was easy, there's no challenge and it's really not that much fun to do. But when you can try something and see where that, even if it's just a little bit, you make that progress. That's just the first step. Just keep taking those little steps and you'll get there. So don't ever be afraid of the challenge and it being a challenge and, and, and a little hard to do. That's the fun of it. Yep. Hey, you guys, we got to take a break. Uh, we absolutely love having this guy on. And uh, we waited way too long, Mike. And we are going to get you on sooner than later because we didn't even get to our second topic. So we got to do it. Thanks, Mike. Oh, it's always a, a joy to have. Uh, you guys asked me on here. It's it's a lot of fun. Thank you. Oh, it is a lot of fun. And uh, what's your website where they can go get information? Are you on Facebook? It's uh, startingcolts.com. And I really haven't uh, quite graduated Facebook yet. That's all right. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to catch on. Yeah, you should wait a little longer. It's not very popular yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, all Mike. Right. Have a good one. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, then. All right. All right. Hey, Ernie, we better take a break. Sounds good. I'll tell you what. Uh, let's take a break. I'm Ernie Rodina. And I'm Don Dawson. We'll be right back. This is your chance to experience a 13-day horse show beginning June 14th to June 24th. 2023 marks 58 years of the Pinto World Championship. With $1 million in cash and prizes, there are no qualifications required to enter. Held in Tulsa, Oklahoma, located at the Ford Livestock Complex, the Pinto World Championship caters to all types of equines. With 700 classes, the Pinto Show welcomes a variety of breeds to compete. It's a family environment and healthy competition. For more information, check out the website PintoWorld.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Dylan Luter, a specialist in equine performance medicine at the Kansas State University Veterinary Health Center. Our new service focuses on lameness diagnosis, advanced imaging, physical therapy, and regenerative medicine for horses with injuries preventing them from performing at their best. We can treat a variety of conditions and design a customized rehabilitation plan to meet the needs of each client and their horse. Visit us at ksvhc.org, the Veterinary Health Center, to discover, to teach, to heal. 
Hi, I'm Tommy with Heritage Tractor. Whether you're looking to maintain your yard or your whole ranching operation, Heritage Tractor has John Deere mower and tractor packages that make work fly by. With a variety of horsepower and attachment configurations, we have a package to best fit your needs and budget. To learn more about these exclusive packages, visit us in-store or online at HeritageTractor.com. Legendary products, extraordinary service, that's our heritage. Established in 1956, the Pinto Horse Association of America was formed to welcome all types of equines and maintain their show records and pedigrees. PTHA currently has over 88,000 members with 157,000 registered Pintos. There are currently three separate registries, the Color Registry, the Solid Registry, and the Long Ear Registry. We welcome all levels of competition within a family-friendly environment. Become a member, register, and add value to your horse. For more information, check out the website Pinto World com runny nose cough fever it's flu season for humans and horses like human flu vaccines equine flu vaccines must be updated to protect against the flu strains circulating now Merck animal health's flu containing vaccines include the most current flu strains protecting your horse from illness and time mistraining because of it talk with your veterinarian about prestige flu vaccines and learn more about the science of advanced protection at PrestigeVaccines.com. We're here for the hardworking, the resilient. We're for the people who measure their days by what needs to get done, not by hours. Where kids learn responsibility at a young age and generations work side by side. Where work doesn't pause for holidays or bad weather. It just gets harder. Where value and hard work means more than the clothes you wear. We're Kleinschmidt's Western Store, Higginsville, Missouri. It's time to go with United Mosquito and Fly Control's premier fly system for fly control in your barn. Providing relief for horses from the stress of fighting flies. And also makes the barn more pleasant for everyone in the barn. Easy, effective, and safe. With United Mosquito and Fly Control, we provide a full service. You as the barn owner don't have to do anything. We go everywhere and take care of everything with our friendly, fast service. Call today at 913-558-3814 or email paul at unitedmosquito.com. Here's to the unbreakable spirit of today's ranchers. For all those running cow-calf operations, the American International Charolais Association is dedicated to strengthening your herd with the Charolais breed. The Charolais Advantage delivers more pounds for more profit. Getting Charolais genetics into commercial herds is the heart of a successful cattle operation. White hides bring an inherited benefit to commercial herds, providing advantages of growth and feedlot efficiency. It's white gold. For more information, go to charolaisusa.com. Welcome back to Better Horses Radio. I'm Don Dawson. And I'm Bernie Rodin, and we're so glad you joined us today. I tell you, we're always, Don, have a blast on this show and and uh, uh, always look forward to talking to our guests once, twice, or whatever it is. We always get something out of it. Oh, boy. I just, like, I just sit there in awe listening to Mike Kevill. It's just amazing to me, the knowledge that guy has and how he teaches it to us. It's really cool. He's endorsed by the best. He is. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to Heritage Tractor for bringing us this segment uh, today. Heritage Tractor, go to their website, heritagetractor.com. It doesn't matter where you live, Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Idaho, call them. They'll get a tractor for you. 
Really good. I tell you, this great bunch. And John Deere, I tell you what, there's two types of people in this world, as far as I'm concerned. Those that drive a ca- uh, John Deere and those that wish they could. And yeah. so, uh, and so, uh, and so uh, anyway, just so glad to have them, have them uh, uh, behind us. And I tell you what, I've been putting that old, uh, uh, that mower to work here the last m- month. It seemed like it's nonstop. Yeah, no kidding. We we were begging for rain, and now we've been blessed with rain, and the grass is growing, so we, it's all good. But hey, Ernie, and uh, every guys out there, be sure to go to betterhorses.com, the website. You can click on there and see our previous radio shows, previous TV shows that are they're doing. Uh, get signed up for the email blast by emailing Ernie at betterhorsesradio.com. You want to get on that. There's lots of information. The publication's still going, five issues a year. Uh, very inexpensive to get that delivered to your mailbox. So, And we will sell advertisement on our e-blast, too, that goes, like you said, every time it goes out, it goes to 60,000 horse people, pretty much in the uh, uh, Midwest part of the state, and uh, it covers a lot of area. Yep, it, it really does. So, guys, be sure to go to betterhorses.com and check that out. Everything on there. Uh, the calendar's on there. The Volan Store event we were mentioning earlier, July 8th. Make sure you get that on your calendar. And uh, we hope you guys have a great, great week. Hey, Ernie, can you believe it's that time already? I can't believe it. I tell you what, I, I want you all to be good buckaroos and buckarettes. Mind your moms and dads. Be brave, but don't take any chances out there. Find that person you know and love and give them a kiss and tell them you love them. And uh, we're talking to Connie and uh, let's not forget Brent and Nick and Luke. And let's not forget uh, all the grandkids that I've got out there. We can't wait to see you in about a week, guys. And we'll be out there to see you. It's pop up and and, uh, we'll be out there with you. I want to give a big shout out to Jeff, J.D., Carmen, Justin and Hattie. You guys be good. Glenn and Joanne. Joyce, you be good too. And all the folks out there are big, are big Better Horses fans and everything else. You can uh, go to our website, betterhorses.com, find out more about us, and get on there and check it out. And uh, until, until next week, I'm Ernie Rudina. And I'm Dawn Dawson. Happy trails. And be sure to ride for the brand. Mm-hmm.